Hey Claire. Hey Blythe. Want to talk about sexy books today? Yeah, I do. Awesome. <laughs> when you need a sexy escape from a world that's gone insane, erotic fiction with romantic diction. We've got some wrecks if you care to listen. We all have an inch to scratch between our mind and thighs. So let's talk dirty on the sexy books starting it this way (laughs) (laughs) me too well what book are we going to talk about today today we're going to be talking about the year we fell down by serena bowen which is part of the ivy years series which is like a new adult college age series um that revolves around a hockey team right as so many stories do right but let's (laughs) well let's just talk about where we are today like what are we drinking oh right sure um I mean we're sitting here on my couch Mm -hmm. in my apartment I'm having some hazy little thing IPA Mm -hmm. which is a beer how are you liking it it's pretty good (laughs) <laughs> I'm a big lover of IPAs, um, but my husband and I just started the keto diet. Yes. So I'm limited in what I'm allowed to have. So right now I am having a LaCroix with um, some vodka in it. Which is fun. I mean, that seems antithetical almost to a diet to me, but I guess it's less calories and stuff. You'd be very surprised at <laughs> this diet. It's it's okay for us to eat um, something that was concocted by blending just butter and cream cheese together. You'd be surprised at how delicious that is. But also, you're just like, man, this is a real fat bomb. And I mean, what I have <laughs> what fat bombs. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that on your. Uh, husband's Instagram stories yeah (laughs) he's very proud (laughs) yeah well before we get started on the book we wanted to talk about some other topic or just warm up with some some sexy book related questions and Mm -hmm. our question today is should men read romance novels we know that women make up the vast majority of romance readers but is that the way it should be I think that if anybody listened to our previous first episode, they will know that we definitely think men should read romance novels. I definitely absolutely do. I wish that more men would read them for many, many, many reasons. Right. I think it may... Not being a man myself, I can't speak to how much, how titillating it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to make you hornier or if you need to be hornier even. Agree. But what I do think it will bring is more of an understanding of what women are looking for. Like, And there seems to be like a, a terrible dearth of understanding for what women actually want from a lot of men. Right. And we touched on this again in our last podcast, but um, consent can be really sexy. And I know that I've read a lot about at least um, men being worried that checking in with their partner regularly during sex 
can ruin the mood or make everything fall apart. And so at minimum, if you are concerned about that, uh, at least the books that we've been reading really uh, give you a great illustration of how to be totally sexy while asking for consent at every point. I agree. These books are like a how-to manual in how to like do sexy consent. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of the characters in these books, I mean, obviously all of the male love interests are super hot and like desirable and... And part of what makes them desirable is how how they have these clear lines about they have morals. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's not just that their physical body is really hot, which we can't even see in the book. (laughs) Right. And in my I mean, in my mind, all of these like beefy hockey players are definitely like several muscle sizes down in my brain when I'm thinking about this stuff. Agreed. So it's definitely not, I mean, that's another great thing about romance novels is that like you can calibrate things to like what you really like in your imagination. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but yeah, all of these guys are so fucking hot and they all ask if shit is okay before they do it in a really hot way. And men, this, these are constructions that men need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just even if you just read one, even if you're not into romance novels, but I think even just reading one would be helpful to understand like, all right, women are, uh, what is a women, women's phrase for jerking off? Women are... I mean, I've heard jilling off, but I hate that. I usually just say jerking off All right. for myself. Yeah. Or women are just masturbating in general to this stuff. So <laughs> let's parse out what it is that is so interesting about these books, um, which is obviously what we're doing in this podcast, but what I think men can do personally if they decide to go forth and read these books. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think that especially the book that we're going to talk about today will even further illustrate like why these books are so useful if you don't know how to approach those topics. Yeah. Or like you're even just um, having an experience with another person. It's just a good way to see how to make that other person totally comfortable Exactly. In a sexy way that doesn't ruin the mood. Exactly. And for men who are gay, well, there's a smorgasbord of (laughs) gay man uh, uh, romance novels. Women love gay men. Oh, yes. I will say that I love a good male-male romance. That's probably my favorite, honestly, so far. It. Yeah, I think it's your favorite, too. I would say that I'm kind of... I think I'm 50-50. I definitely get a little like, like if I've read three gay romances in a row. Then I I'm do like, have I'm to like switch it up because yeah. it's a lot of butt talk. Exactly. And exactly. I just don't, you know, relate yeah. on that same level all the time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so the year we fell down is our first inaugural I guess our last podcast was our first podcast, (laughs) but this is the first one where we're actually talking about a book. Mm -hmm. So we picked The Year We Fell Down. Why did we pick this book? By Serena Um, Bowen again. First of all, because it's dope. And I think we both liked it a lot. And I think it was one of the first books that like really pulled us into the 
yeah. the frenzy that we're in now of reading romance novels. Yeah. And it really exemplifies a lot of, it really exemplifies this consent that we're talking about. But there's also the added bonus of um, the diversity that we get because the main female character is paraplegic. Mm-hmm. And that's really something that I've never actually read about a character who's paraplegic in any novel um so it was really interesting and she did actually she was nuanced about that element that was a really heavy character development point and that's and that's what really held me and kept me engaged with um with this character yeah I completely agree I think that we're a little bit spoiled because we went into romance like with this series and it set a really high bar. <laughs> yeah. Actually, should we um, do the sum or like the Oh, sure. the summary we of it before we should. really go into it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to read the summary for The Year We Fell Down by Serena Bowen. This is not a summary we we wrote either. This is oh, just yeah. what comes at the beginning of the book. This is like off Goodreads. Um, okay. So, she expected to start Harkness College as a varsity hockey player, but a serious accident means that Corey Callahan will start school in a wheelchair instead. Across the hall, in the other handicapped accessible dorm room, lives the too-delicious-to-be-real Adam Hartley, another would-be hockey star with his leg broken in two places. He's way out of Corey's league. Also, he's taken. I disagree that he's out of her league. Agreed. Um, nevertheless, an unlikely alliance blooms between Corey and Hartley in the gimp ghetto of McCarran Hall. Over tequila, perilously balanced dining hall trays, and video games, the two cope with disappointments that nobody else understands. They're just friends, of course, until one night when things fall apart, or fall together. All Corey knows is that she's falling. But will Hartley set aside his trophy girl to love someone as broken as Corey? If he won't, she will need to find the courage to make a life for herself at Harkness, one which does not revolve around the sport she can no longer play or the brown-eyed boy who's afraid to love her back. Oh, but you know it ends happily. Because <laughs> romance novels end happily. That's one of the miracles of romance novels. I know. It's the most comforting thing. Yeah. <laughs> so getting back into why we picked this book, I felt like... Corey, the girl, was just so fleshed out. I felt like she, um, you like totally saw where she was, but she wasn't even, um, the way that the story takes place, she goes to college less than a year after the accident happened. So she's, she's in recovery. She's like in a deeper part of recovery, but she's never going to truly recover. She's never going to get full motor function of her legs back, but she's just got this like really great attitude about it. And, um, and she's funny. She's funny Mm -hmm. in, she's not even just funny in her head or in her part of the book, but she's funny so that Hartley, (laughs) the guy, like he thinks she's funny. Everybody thinks she's funny, which is cool. Like she's not always losing her words or like stumbling over everything, which is a really common trope. So Serena Bowen has some really great, like female characters. Yes. Who are just definitely their own people. And it's awesome. Yeah. And I really need to like relate to that. I really need to root for um, the characters. So that's really cool. Plus, she has 
she has a lot of growth. She's actually like really honest in the. I was gonna too. say she's not just positive all the time. Yeah. In like an annoying way or an unrealistic way. I mean, she definitely has like down human moments for sure. And that I mean, that's the thing that like really brings the two of them together more. I think. Yeah. It's just it's a. I think it's really well done and the characters are really well developed. Yeah. And obviously not being paraplegic myself, I can't necessarily speak to how accurate that portrayal is, but it certainly was nuanced. Like there was no point in the book where I wasn't worried about how many stairs there were going to be to get to the next location (laughs) or what the quality of the flooring was going to be. Um, because those were the worries that she had and the things that she had to consider. So it felt, um, it, it, it certainly felt nuanced. I can't speak to its accuracy. Uh, but again, it added this depth to the book that, um, I think is really unexpected in romance novels. And that's like part mm-hmm. of this podcast and what we're trying to suss out is a book. That's a kind of a real book. That's not just, um, or that builds it up in a way that's realistic enough that you can like really get excited when they do bone. Yes. 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 I mean, if I have to wait between the sex scenes for too long, then like it needs to be good development. That is, I mean, I think in the best romance novels, everything that happens is leading to the sex scenes. Like it's all foreplay in some way. Yeah. Um, And I definitely think that that's true in this book. For sure. (laughs) For sure. And I feel like, so I think that she, like all of her motivations, everything is just like correct for or like you just buy every part of it um and one of the great elements is that um and I hope you already know that we will be spoiling these books but that all of these books are um totally fine to read after spoiled because like you're yeah. in it for the sex scenes anyway you already know they're gonna get together at the end they anyway. always get together at the end like I will spoil it for you right now yeah. they always do <laughs> we will spoil all romance of all time for you right now if we ever find a romance novel where they don't get together in the end like I think we'll definitely mention it because that's gonna be sad yeah <laughs> like one would have to die or something but that would be terrible I'm, I, I I'm don't not, know if I would highlight that yeah I don't podcast. think that I'm even here for that honestly like I yeah. see enough tragic romances in my regular life yeah but so it is this romance between this paraplegic girl and this guy who's a hockey player who just has a temporary like he broke his leg very dramatically Mm -hmm. but it's a temporary injury so they are housed and he has a girlfriend and he has a girlfriend who's like a total bitch and you can tell immediately like from the first scene that she's she's in it she's just kind of really snobby bitch um so his is like a little less believable i would say in general but just going back to Corey for a second like at some point they she decides that she can't just be friends with him anymore because they've kind of had some sexual experiences and she's like honest about it she like says that to him and she's like i've been building my life around this guy who's playing these video games with me and um and i can't have him because he's not leaving his girlfriend and not Mm -hmm. choosing me so i'm gonna find something else that I can do and so she goes out and she tries out for or she you don't have to try out but she 
goes into water polo and like her whole experience with that is just fucking awesome i'm like yeah "Yeah, go for get it girl like you don't even need the sex you could do this i mean we need the sex but but like as she finds out in the course of the novel i mean she can take care of it herself if she needs to which is dope exactly (laughs) so she was just a character that i wanted to root for every step of the way and i think that's why this book really sucked me in so much it's just i love that girl yeah i definitely agree i feel like there are two kinds like two categories of the romance novels i love where i either like absolutely love it for the dude or Mm -hmm. i either love it for the girl it's rare that i like absolutely love both of them so much but definitely one character can carry it for me for sure and she definitely did in this book i mean i liked hartley but there's nothing like particularly I mean he was a very sweet guy yeah well (laughs) what I really liked about Hartley was how he wasn't afraid to talk about things like he had no he was pretty shameless about talking about stuff and so part of this book she's like not sure if she can even like have an orgasm Um, and she's kind of scared to find out and it really does go into like why this is the case like yes it's like well if if it was a dude he would like even in the hospital he would start jerking off right yeah and she's like no because I had or I mean this hypothetical dude even would have a catheter in for a long time like your body when it suffers this kind of injury it's traumatic for your whole body and you don't know like a lot of things are not working and things start to come back and you just don't know what's going to come back and then just the fact that you might not be able to orgasm is like so I scary can, yeah i can definitely imagine it being preferable not to know at all yeah versus trying to find out and like realizing that you can't yeah what that would mean for like your life yeah so i think um what i really like about hartley is that he really cares a lot about her orgasm like yes like i don't think he's necessarily aware that he is um like into Corey yet but he's very concerned about her journey like he finds out that this accident that she had was a hockey accident. Well, he finds out she was a hockey player, which she wasn't super open about immediately because she just didn't want to dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he finds out she's a hockey player, which he understands. Then he finds out it was a hockey accident, that it was really recently. And, And now he finds out that she doesn't even know if she can orgasm or not. And this is just tearing him apart. He's just like oh man, like, can't something go right for this awesome girl who's playing this video game with me all the time? And that's kind of the impetus of what happens is he, like, gives her a vibrator. Yes. um, Which they call Digby after, like, (laughs) a hockey player who's really hot that she's into. Based for (laughs) Pittsburgh. And that alone right there is, like, the coolest thing ever, I think. Everybody should get a vibrator, like, for Christmas. Well, for sure, (laughs) but it's really cool to me that he didn't think like, oh, I'm going to rock her world or something. Like, first of all, none of this had anything to do with it, but his first instinct was to get her something. He, like, researched it online, then he gets her this dildo, and she's like, oh my god, this is hilarious, and I'm not going to try it at all. (laughs) And then his girlfriend, or his ex-girl, or his girlfriend... Um, is supposed to come home for his birthday, 
but then she doesn't show up, but she does send, like, this bottle of champagne. And so Corey, who's, like, in love with this guy, who, who they've been playing this game, this real sticks game. Is that even real? Do you know? I don't think it is. I think but... Serena Bowen invented it. <laughs> she uses it as foreplay for, like, a lot of her characters, oh, though. Yes. But... If they're not literally playing hockey, they have to be playing video game hockey yeah these people fucking love hockey they love hockey (laughs) so he comes over with the expensive bottle of champagne because he's just been like blown off by his girlfriend on his birthday so sad so sad (laughs) so they're drinking the champagne watching the princess bride and he just already knows he knows how much he does it for Corey, Mm -hmm. and so he just like Starts kissing on her neck and her ears and everything. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, let's do an experiment. Yes, and it's such a good experiment. <sighs> so good. <laughs> Corey deems it the weirdest night ever. But guess what? Because this is a romance novel, turns out she can totally have an orgasm. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> she can totally have an orgasm. But before we find out... For sure, like, so Hartley doesn't even, he doesn't fuck her, he fucks her with the dildo, Mm -hmm. and she's, like, a little nervous, so she makes him get nude, too. Which is great. Which is great. She's trying to, like, increase the power balance, to, like, fix the power balance, but then she's like, oh, fuck, like, he's just unbelievably hot and perfect, and... Not even a little bit nervous about being nude. Yeah. So they didn't fix the power balance. No, but they fixed other things. Right. So then he works her over with the dildo, and um, she, like, jerks him off a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. But it's really not about him. Like, he even was like, I don't know. I didn't. This isn't about me. This is about you. And she's like, no, you just have to be naked. And she gives him one little lick on his dick. Oh, yeah. Which he loved. She's like, don't call me a chicken. Yeah. Then she licks his dick and then he's like, I mean, God, punish me more. <laughs> but then she has a really great orgasm. It's awesome for everyone. Then he cries because oh he's my so gosh, happy. I don't even remember that part. He had to cover his eyes because he was so happy that she was able to have an orgasm. That's sweet. I mean, it would be like a wonderful thing to give someone. I love giving my husband orgasms and like he can get them anytime. Exactly. So, but that was a really good Hartley moment where you're just like, sweet, sweet boy. Plus the excerpt that I'm going to read later also talks about why Hartley, like she does spend time making sure that we really like Hartley and in other future books in this series, Hartley is always like, just like super sweet like and they're so oh they're so cute together yeah i love it yeah and it's nice because you do get to see their like progress through the other like none of the other books focus on them but like like you learn later in other books that like Corey can walk now like she gets specific braces and stuff where she is able to walk um around and not be in a wheelchair so that's always like it's, it's nice so very them. nice to check up on all of the old couples when you read series like this yeah. and like you get to see that they're still doing okay yeah it's sweet yeah 
And it just adds to that whole like comforting atmosphere because it's not only like you're rooting for these two characters, but you're rooting for like their whole little family. Yeah. And um, Hartley's best friend, Bridger, who is the star of the next book, like mm-hmm. he's really set up really nicely here where you're like, oh, these guys, they're just Ugh, They delightful. couldn't just be sweeter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Is there anything else we want to talk about why we chose this book? Um, I mean, I do just think in general, it's a great entry point into romance for just your typical average straight person. Yeah, I've been recommending this one specifically to all of my friends who I've been talking to about romance novels lately. And I think it's just because it, this one, even more than most of them, really reads as a young adult novel that just also has sex in it for real. Mm-hmm. I agree. Also, Callahan has a really great roommate named Dana who goes through yes. like a whole acapella thing. There's some good water polo people with her as well. Um, oh, and I do want to note... One of the least realistic parts to me was how Hartley... Well, I guess Hartley's whole thing is slightly less realistic to me because you don't really... Like, it makes sense why he's with this other bitchy girl. The idea is that he has this father who's never, like, acknowledged that he exists, who's, like, a famous producer. And so his thought is, like, I'll have this really... um, girl who's in with like rich people um who like lives in the neighborhood of his dad or something so that he like his dad could be really proud of him and acknowledge him or something like that it's just like it's all a little flaky it is it definitely is a bit like I mean in so many romance novels too that's the case where like and I don't even mind though where the conflict is like super light yeah. And it's resolved incredibly easily. It's like yeah. all you had to do was this one thing and yeah. everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. And in this case, it's just Hartley having to. And I think it's reasonable also, like, well, just that he had this, like, extremely, like, Aphrodite type girlfriend. And, um,. I guess they just didn't want it to be like, he's not going to be with a girl in a wheelchair because of this girlfriend, which is what Corey thinks, but that there's like something a little deeper to it too, but it just feels a little flimsy, but like, I don't care. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of times that is the part of the romance novel that's like the least realistic or like compelling to me is like the little turn at the end where they like figure things out. Yeah. Yeah and get over whatever drama there was but um and yeah it like never bothers me because I really do just want to get to like that last amazing fuck (laughs) right right I think the other part that was flimsy for me or just this is actually the least realistic part to me is that Hartley's girlfriend is in Europe for the semester and they have an open relationship but Hartley just chooses not to act on it at all until like this vibrator scene which is at the like she's already gotten back even so he's not he's not fucked anybody else even though they have an open relationship and he knows (laughs) she's fucking other people he chooses not to fuck anybody else it's 
kind of bizarre, really. It's impossible. <laughs> it's just not the way, especially since he's like this like hockey player who. And it's not even like a woman that access. he's like deeply in love with or anything. Right. So it's a little strange. Yeah, that whole part was I, strange. Yeah, I think in general I had a little bit of trouble just like fully relating to Hartley because I was just like, your struggles don't really seem, especially compared to Corey's, like right. they were nothing. Right. But throughout it all, he's still so sweet and charming yeah i mean i don't care <laughs> he's a good man he's definitely a good man and i'm happy that Corey ends up with him also they always talk about him as having like these big chocolatey brown eyes and i that just i don't know yeah i like that the way that they because in other ones where people have blue eyes i'm always like mm, it seems a little evil even though i don't feel like people with blue eyes are evil in general but when people describe blue eyes, I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that person. Well, and I'm just generally more into brunettes. Me too. In, yeah, so. Me too. I usually think of them as brunette in my head, even if they're blonde. Yeah, though in Jay North, well, in an in Jay Northcote, a different author, he talks about redheads a lot. He clearly is really into redheads. Um, and I always keep that redhead in my mind, but I have to like work a little harder to be into it i really enjoy that because you know my husband is kind of a redhead he's like yeah. right in between he's like yeah. a copperhead <laughs> mm-hmm. but um yeah i liked there being i like there being a little love for the redheads especially um like in jay northcote's book one of them was named ewan and i just immediately thought of ewan mcgregor Definitely. who was a redhead sometimes um and that was great <laughs> for me yeah. But yeah, more love for redheads, for sure. I'm into it. <laughs> well, should we read an excerpt from the book? Yeah, let's read a really great excerpt from this book. Okay. So um, I think I'm not even going to lead into it. I think I'm just going to read it. Do it. All right. What happened to that octopus I saw hanging on you earlier? I asked him. He tipped my cup to avoid too much foam. Christ, I had to peel her off of me. That's Hank's little sister. Seriously? I thought she was younger. That's the problem. She's 16 and just visiting for the weekend. Now she's reattached herself to Fairfax of all people. I scanned the scrum of bodies. Sure enough, on the window seat, I spotted a half-lidded girl wrapped all around our teammate, and Fairfax looked pretty deep into his cups himself. Fuck, where's Hank anyway? I really don't know. I haven't seen him for a while. Probably someone offered him a smoke. Bridger... Bridger handed me my cup, and we both watched a drunken Fairfax shove his tongue into the girl's mouth. That's just some kind of wrong, Bridger muttered. Do you have your phone? Sure, hold this. I gave Bridger my cup and shot off a quick quick text to Hank. 911, put the bong down and come get your sister. Bridger and I drank a beer together watching the door, but Hank didn't appear. I looked back towards the happy couple. Damn, did she just grab his junk? Bridger winced. We'll have to stage an intervention. If that was my little sister, he let the sentence die. That girl is drunk off her ass. It had to be done. Coming through, I called, and Bridger and I wove our way towards the window seat. They were still hot and heavy by the time we got over there. I tapped the girl on the shoulder. Excuse me, Hank is looking for you. Their lips made an audible popping sound as they came apart. What? The girl slurred. Your brother, Bridger said, pulling her off Fairfax, right now. Holy shit, Darcy! 
Hank had appeared, towering over us. The dude was almost seven feet tall. He put one giant hand on his sister's shoulder and held up his phone with the other. Thanks, Hartley, I owe you. I shrugged it off, but not before Fairfax noticed. After Hank dragged his sister away, he fixed me with a wobbly stare. So you're cock-blocking me now? Seriously? No, man, I'm helping you out. You've got to throw the little ones back. It's the law. You are such a bastard, Hartley. Always such a bastard. I clenched my fists on instinct. Oh, fuck no, Bridger spat, putting a hand on my chest. You are not f punching Fairfax at my party, no matter how big of a douche canoe he is tonight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I picked that one, um, well, one, because I perfectly exemplified Serena's um, obsession with the word douche canoe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. I've it's never a word heard. I've only heard like a year ago. That's right. But <laughs> at Harkness, at the imaginary Ivy League school Harkness, people it's are like really the most cutting word. insult. <laughs> it's the most cutting insult, exactly. <laughs> um, but mostly because in this scene, Corey and Hartley are at a party. They're, it's before the amazing dildo scene, so they're not in any romantic situation and Corey isn't even there. She's not witnessing this happen, but the author knows that I am more interested in Hartley. If I know mm -hmm. that he is literally turned off by, um, a 16 year old and also perfectly happy to stage an intervention in, and, and sees that as a necessary thing to happen. Yes. Like, oh, that's so fucking hot. I was like, oh, blow that man. He's Dude, and this is not just us. This is not just because we are, you know, who we are or that we're liberal or anything like that. I think that 99% of girls will say that it is way hotter to have a guy who actually cares about women and their feelings and their pleasure and what they want mm -hmm. that's just fucking sexy yeah and who doesn't want to fuck when people are drunk off their ass which is well just not as fun in general more likely no. to vomit on a dick frankly but <sighs> yeah yeah that happens man <laughs> <laughs> happens even when you're not drunk sometimes <laughs> But we digress. <laughs> <laughs> Have you actually ever thrown up on a dick before? Um, no, but I know someone who has. I've definitely had, like, I thought that it was going to happen and had to, like, pull back. I've thrown up, well, luckily not while riding a dick, but immediately after jumping off of one. So, <laughs> it's close. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's an example of a great foreplay scene where that you might not necessarily expect. You like, might that not, made me really hot. Yeah, like lots of people might not think that that was foreplay, but all of this plays into just the ultimate sexiness of the hero. Right. And then how much you want to see him get fucked. Exactly. Later. Exactly. Well, I think that brings us to if there's anything that we didn't like about the book or we thought should be improved about the book do you have anything yeah yeah well you go first well it's just that there are not enough sex scenes in this that's book. always my problem right <laughs> but this one has a specific problem with it I yeah think. it has it definitely has fewer overall 
Right. Because there's this great dildo scene that we've been talking about. That's the scene that I think about when I'm thinking about this book. The other scene that I think about, which isn't even a sex scene, and I don't I don't know if this is one that triggers you at all, but later after that point, when they're still not established as like a couple or anything, Hartley goes to his um, fancy girlfriend's house and he's like in the guest room and he's just like under the sheets just thinking about stuff and he's got his morning wood boner situation and then he starts thinking about Corey and maybe her sucking his dick or something and then his girlfriend comes to like suck his dick and he he's like conflicted because he's like oh I don't want to be an asshole who's thinking about another woman mm-hmm. while she's sucking my dick which I don't even think is that assholey personally but I don't either really I think you can think about whatever you want but yeah the point is is that I thought about him just laying in those sheets with his boner more often than I thought about like the actual sex scene that they have where they are real partners together I reread this book in preparation for this podcast and when I read that scene I was just like the scene still isn't really doing anything for me. It's exciting to lead up to. It's exciting knowing that they're going to be together and like that's awesome. But the scene itself is like just really love heavy. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean, I love love. <laughs> me too. I love love and I love to love love, but <laughs> but it's not it's not I'm not such a romance person that I'm just in it for like the cuddly sweetness of it like I need the hot I'd rather see someone like pushed up against a wall and fucked hard than I would like the slow eye contact we are in love I love you even though both of those in real life are awesome but it's just not that exciting for me to read about yeah and I think that's valid I mean you know Yeah, so so I agree. Overall, not the most sex scenes, though the development of the characters helps a ton, I think. Definitely. Because there is so much chemistry between them, I would think. And I think this is why this is a good entry book, or it was for me, is because I wasn't sure how much sex to expect, and I was so just blown away by how good the writing was and the character development um, that just the whole thing was awesome and new for me but going back to it you're it's just like very glaring to me how little sex there is in it Mm -hmm. so that's why I I wouldn't recommend it after you've already like gotten hot and heavy with like 10 books you're you might not want to go back to this one and and right really appreciate the characters so much because though if you want to read the whole series I think it is really fun to read this one from the very beginning to the end yeah I agree it's nice to see like the relationships kind of build upon each other a little bit yeah. And just, you know, get to check in with everybody. Yeah. And, like, Hartley becomes such an ally for other characters. Mm-hmm. Like, Corey doesn't come up that much because, really, it's about these hockey players. So, like, she's just attached to this one hockey player, even though she was the main character in this book. But you you see Hartley come up a lot. Hartley later. is, like, a real MVP in the next book that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, the understatement of the year. Yeah. He's a good ally. He's a good <laughs> ally. Yeah. He's just a, he's a great character, even if he's not like the most 
fleshed out. But I, I sort of feel like if it's a girl and guy one, I really need to know that the girl is awesome. Me too. And the guy can just be, I just want her to get what she wants usually if she's awesome. And if she's not awesome, then I like don't care about this book that much. But so I really only care about like the dude when it's two guys. And then I pick like my favorite dude. Me so too. far, at Me least. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That seems like a good spot to stop. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, oh, and if you do want to reach out to us and tell us about your recommendations for sexy books that we should read, or you want to reach out in general, you should email us at sexybookspodcast at gmail.com. All right. So now go forth and masturbate.